Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, morning, y'all. It's almost, well, this will, no, no, next, next Sunday, Christmas Eve, will be the shortest day of the year we're going to be doing the show, but it's almost that dark out this morning. Anyway, happy Sunday, beautiful day out there. If you, you know, if you well, I guess we could call it a night still almost now. The, the sun hasn't even broken through, but uh, not even woken up, just a little bit of a hint of a little color out there to the, the east. Anyway, happy uh, Sunday, beautiful day out there. And, uh, you know, nice weather, phenomenal weather. You know, it's, it's been almost too, uh, too warm to have a fire. But, you know, if we're going to roast some chestnuts next week, we're going to have to have it. It'll be a little colder. So I hope that happens. Well, welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We could talk about uh, your landscape plans, dreams, um, maybe your nightmares. Uh, it's been a, a long year, and it's almost over, and we've had all kinds of things. We had the best weather we've ever had, you know, through the spring, through June, and we had the hottest July we've ever had. And... Uh, now what's going to happen? We don't know. Anyway, you never can count on the weather, but you can always count on one thing in the weather here in the valley and the lower deserts in Arizona. To, you know, from from really from Tucson uh, through Phoenix to Yuma, that whole big desert circle. It's pretty fantastic weather this time of year. And for those of you who like it cold, you know, there's been a little snow up in the mountains. We could certainly use many, many more feet, and hopefully that'll happen. And uh, I don't think there's a chance... In Hades, we're going to have white Christmas in Phoenix, but I've only seen the snow here in the in the valley myself three or four times, and uh, never saw too much of the ground turn white. So you could dream of a white Christmas and go to Flagstaff. I mean, that'll, that'll make it easy for you. Anyway, wide open phones. We have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. She's smiling and just oh, I got to make her smile. There she goes. <laughs> You know, it's awfully fun being here with Shira every Sunday, and uh, want to welcome you to the program, man. So we were thinking about, you know, it's the time of giving. And uh, so for the callers today, we're going to give every caller uh, a free wreath. And you can pick up the wreaths at uh, any of our three nurseries or the Christmas tree lot at 64th and Bell. So we have our nursery at 8th Street in Glendale, the one at Cooper and Guadalupe, and uh, 26th Street in Southern. And uh, we have one in Bell and 64th Street. So if you stay on the uh, the phone after we get off, then uh, you can give your just telephone number and which lot you'd like to pick up your wreath at to Shira. And that, that'll make it easy. We, we don't have to make work too hard to get all these numbers down. So just your name, telephone number, and ideally the location. So it's 824 East Glendale. It's 26th Street and Southern or 820 North Cooper, which is Cooper, Guadalupe and Gilbert and the Christmas tree lot at 64th Street and Bell. Well, it's a beautiful morning out there, folks, and it's been a, a long, hot summer. So we may have things to talk about that uh, didn't fare so well in the heat. We could talk about frost and cold. We haven't seen any really cold temperatures here in years, but it's not to say that can't happen. And typically when we're going to have a freeze, you know, that's going to happen somewhere between about now 
now in the middle to end of January. So this is typically the coldest time of the year. So we can talk about, uh, you know, how cold it might be and those kind of things and, and how to protect our plants. I mean, we're growing so many more tropicals here now. You know, you see all kinds of uh, trees like mangoes and papayas and uh, fun things and people growing tomatoes right through the winter and carrying our peppers over from year to year. So all those things kind of happen and it does take a little extra care. So if you have questions about those things, your vegetable gardens and those kind of things, we can talk about that. It's citrus season. Right now is the official kicking off time of citrus season. You know, the Meyer lemons, they're about as good as they're going to be. They'll be good for the next two, three months, but they're there. And some of the tangerines, the older ones, especially like Algerians, they're already ripe. And uh, navels are just getting their flavor, you know, and uh, the bricks will grow. We can talk about how to have our citrus have the best flavor. A lot of it's got to do with watering this time of year. And we could talk about all the different varieties that you might want to leave on the tree. Things like Mineola tangelos and grapefruits, for the most part, uh, will only get better with time. Take our first caller this morning, Kevin and Chandler. Good morning, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Let's see here. There we go, Kevin. I pushed the wrong button. I was trying to talk to you on the phone. Kevin, you got us? Yeah, I hear you. Good morning. I'm enjoying the day. It's pretty out there. It's hard, it's hard to yes, be, you know, 45, 50 degrees in the morning. So I was wondering, how hard would it be to actually grow an avocado tree in Arizona? Um, there are plenty of them growing here. Um, the, the chance of getting fruit and, you know, maintaining them aren't so great. And uh, as for most fruit trees, just in general, I would say to get a tree to grow and be a beautiful big tree and have a nice crop, I would say it's one of the most difficult You'd be a lot easier with the mango, any kind of a citrus, all kinds of stone fruits. But there are some around town that do have some fruit. Uh, I would say that the people that plant them, probably one in 30, probably has some success. So if you're a gambling man, and if you're willing to put in the time, plant it on the east side of the house, you know, where it gets afternoon shade from the house or a large tree, and uh, take a little extra care of it, protect it from the frost and the heat, go out there and be kind and live with it, you, know, you, you can do it. Yeah, I was just, like, would you almost have to do a greenhouse for it? or? Well, no, it doesn't have to be in a greenhouse, but it certainly can't take any freezing weather, which we really haven't had much in the last four or five years, but that doesn't mean it can't be 20 tomorrow. And it doesn't really like the 115, 18 degree stuff. So that's why being on the east side of a, of a house or a tree, tree or something will help it a lot. And it okay. really likes more humidity. But Kevin, can you do it? Absolutely, yes. All right. That's fine. I, I love avocados. So well, I, try. I, I suggest you buy them on special. You know, it's funny. We went to the PMA, which is like the the major grower, you know, uh, fruit thing that happens, you know, worldwide. It's held like in different cities. It was in Anaheim this past year. And I would say of all the fruit varieties in there, the most popular single item were avocados. And they, they've really changed you know, over the last 20 years with the popularity. And they're fantastic. And there's all different kinds of things you can do with them. But, you know, as far as functionality, you're better off buying them at the store. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a nice, nice holiday. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, we got Chad over in Tempe. Morning, Chad. Good morning. How are you? This, how are you this fine day? I'm enjoying the morning. Yeah, the sun's coming out. Nice and pink out there right now. Hey, two questions for you. One, my family has a tradition that we always pick the oranges off our Arizona sweet for fresh orange juice for steak and eggs on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. What's the, I've heard you talk about 
the watering cycle and like drying them out. Turn off the water them. right now and don't water it again. If you're okay. going to pick them on Christmas, you, ideally with with well, some uh, of them. Okay, yeah, but I mean, if you want those to be the very best on Christmas, it's kind of early season for the sweets. I'm there. Depends on what variety of sweet you have. We used to grow 18 varieties, but um, and some of them are definitely riper than others right now. But cut the water off. Um, how old's your what tree, about, Chad? Oh, well, uh, they're probably. I've been in the house. They're probably 18 years old now. Okay, so you know the most you'd want to water in this time of year is about once a month. And, okay. uh, and that's only the, when the soil gets dry. But the drier you have the tree, the sweeter the fruit. And um, so that'll make a big difference. So don't don't water, and uh, and you'll enjoy my The Christmas. other trees, I have a second tree. It's a navel. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just the navel. Right. Would the, is there a better chance that that might be a better one to pick now? Well, I would, taste, I, would, I, I, would, I would taste one of each first. It really depends on okay. what rootstock they're on. If a navel orange is on sour orange rootstock, it's probably pretty decent right now. Um, okay. though, though I saw that my son made a big, my son Lucas made a big thing of juice. And, uh, and I had, you know, of course I had to drink his juice. He, he did all the work to squeeze it, so I drank it. But it, uh, you know, the bricks, the sugar content, uh, it was okay. But about... Well, I guess it's been Lucas and I were in, in a Florida at a citrus convention thing about five or six years ago, and they served the most god awful orange juice I ever tasted in my life. You know, and this is citrus growers from all over the world. We had the Brazilians there and the Africans there and and the Europeans there and you know people from Mexico and everywhere. And um, you know, with what they actually served for orange juice at this convention was horrid. So I came home, and this was about March. You know, and the navels had been in the tree, and then they were at their peak bricks. You know, the most sugar they're going to have, and they were like a little too sweet. So I took that uh, navel juice and cut it with some Meyer lemon. And I thought, wow, this is like the best juice in the world. So what I would really recommend, though, Chad, is, is taste some right now. Because it may be, depending on what rootstock they're on, either one could have the higher bricks or better sugar content. Okay. Second question. Um, noticing the – I have a, a ton of the carrot weed mm-hmm. growing up in my yard right now. I got a winter rye lawn planted okay. in there. Is it too late for me to go and put down some pre-emergent granulars at least to... Well, the, pre- the, the pre-emergent is not going to work now because it's already terminated growing. But as long as you're not getting it sprayed under any trees or anything, you could spray it with like a weed be gone or a 2,4-D. And uh, that, that'll work well and kill the wild carrots and it won't hurt your lawn. And I, I, it's a St. Augustine lawn. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I feel like... I well, and St. Augustine's a completely different story. Okay, so you have to be really well. It's it's it was dormant right now because I, I know, but you know what? It's, it's it you can still kill it with a with a chemical. So what you'll want to do right. is remember in farming that there's always next year, and next year, you know, and when it comes to when that carrot reseeds, uh, you'd want to pre with a pre-emergent, but like probably the end of August. So how how do I do that? If I do a pre-emergent, then mm-hmm. I can't overseed with the winter rye. For my wife well, no, 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 then you can. So if you put the a pre-emergent's going to work and it's not going to last that long because you're going to be seeding on top of the pre-emergent. And ryegrass will germinate. If you put the pre-emergent down in August, okay, and then you come back. But okay. really with St. Augustine, it should stay evergreen by itself. So, I mean, typically exactly. if you have St. Augustine, oh, then it's, well, it must be a lot of mix because St. Augustine will stay evergreen. It won't turn brown. Okay, it gets, well, it doesn't turn brown. It just turns yellow. It no, turns like that's fine. Like and you're probably overwatering it, too. 
But uh, you know what? Okay. Icondra and St. Augustine, the two things that these other you know contact herbicides will kill, uh, they'll stay evergreen. That's why they. That's why you can't use the contact herbicides on it. Okay. Okay. So next year, August granular pre-emergent in August, uh-huh. and then I can still overseed in October. Still overseed in October, you'll be fine. And, and, yeah, and then re, uh, you know, make sure you water uh, real heavy water your pre-emergent in right away. Okay. And that should work because the carrot's going to should germinate probably somewhere in September. And, you know, you can plant ryegrass in November or December. And, um, but truthfully, the only time you really need ryegrass over St. Augustine to make much of a difference at all would be, you know, for December, January, and maybe part of February. And if you would just yeah, fertilize with a 21714 fertilizer, and in fact, if you really wanted to, you'd get some calcium ammonium nitrate, which is uh, water soluble. And spray that on the on the foliage on your in your lawn, and put that down the uh, middle or end of uh, November. It'll stay green, and calcium ammonium nitrate um, will release through the winter months, and you can keep that St. Augustine pretty dark green. Really? Mm-hmm. It's true. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, right. at the nursery we have plants that we want to you know perk up for the winter time. It gets cold; they get low in nitrogen, but calcium ammonium nitrate is a water soluble, so you can just spray it right on the lawn. And because it's, you know, made with ammonium nitrate, it also releases well when it's cold. And you can keep your St. Augustine green. Good to know. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Thank You're you always a wealth of information. Now, did, uh, did, did Sherry get your phone number? Do you want to get a wreath? She did. Okay, so perfect. I'm going to go to the Southern store today. Yeah, come see Hugo in the crowd. And uh, I got to move a few more over from, from Glendale, but... Uh, by the time that they're open at 10 o'clock, they'll be there. <laughs> Super excited. Thank you, Shannon. So have, excited. Have, Thank have you a, so much. Have a nice Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Uh, next, we have Diane and Chandler. But first, we have to take a brief commercial break. And in the meantime, we have three lines still available. The number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Greeting cards have all been sent. The Christmas rushes through, but I still have one wish to make, a special one for you. Merry Christmas, darling, we're apart, that's true.
Sunday morning. That sun's still I wonder if it's going to be up by the half hour break today. We're almost to the shortest day we're going to be on the air this year, but we've got Christmas Eve next Sunday, and, and Sandra and I'll be here, and uh, I guarantee the day will be a little shorter. Back to the phones. Diane and Chandler, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you? Oh, enjoy the day. It's an awfully pretty morning out there, Diane. Oh, it's gorgeous. Love this time of year. So what's up, kiddo? I am inquiring about my perennial rye that it seems like as it turns colder and you have a bit of frost that you get that tinge of yellow on the top. So it's really looking for a little bit more um, nitrogen, okay? And the easiest okay. fertilizer to put on is just like a 21714 lawn fertilizer. And because okay. it, because it's made with ammonium nitrate, it'll release pretty well this time of year. Um, well, you could okay. you could spray the can you know the can seventeen or can twenty one calcium ammonium nitrate with as a foliar, but it's pretty hard to find it in the water soluble form, and it would be easier just to use a twenty one seven fourteen lawn fertilizer. Okay, and that just like the granular form, just the that you typical put in the fertilizer spreader. you buy. You know, yeah, and most of it yeah. is, you know, a lot of it's geared for hair. Turf Royale is one brand that's good, but there's a lot of other ones that are very similar formulations, and most of them are going to have some iron and some sulfur in them as well. Okay, well, get it spruced up here for the next week for Christmas. <laughs> very good, Diane. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Rob and Tempe. Hello, Rob. Good morning. Morning. Um, um, I am calling about a couple of questions, please. On watering, how much water at this point should we be doing to mesquites and um, with the hybrid sore and emerald type thing? The mesquites have been in the ground for 38 years. The, uh, the other ones, uh, all about eight years. Okay, that's a really, that's a real, it's a really easy answer, Rob. None. <laughs> None. Okay. You know, I if the, well, that. this time of year, the moisture doesn't really, the trees aren't transpiring the moisture. You know, we're preserving right. our water for when we need it. And uh, those trees are wonderful, especially mesquites in the summertime. And you want to save yeah. all these irrigations that we'd normally do in the winter, you know, cut the water off pretty much the first of November and don't turn it on again until March. And, uh, okay. and 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 then even then, water once every two or three weeks. But next year in July, if you want to do all your friends and neighbors a favor here in the valley, and we, we would really appreciate it, then you want to water them once a week, very heavy, put copious amounts right. of water on because they'll transpire that into our atmosphere and cool our valley. Okay, thank you. Next question, Shamalash. Uh -huh. About how long do they live? I have one that's been in in the ground again about thirty eight years. And uh, it's beginning to look a little sad in some areas. We've nursed it through the summer. But somebody told me they only live uh, maybe 40 years or something like that. Is that about right? Yeah, I would say, well, on flood irrigation, I'd say 50 to 60. And on sprinklers, yeah, no, I'd say 30 to 40. Okay. Well, I'm thinking of removing it then and replacing it. If I replace that in the, in the, uh, in the grass area, mm -hmm. uh, China, somebody recommended a Chinese elm. Now, I like red bush pistache because there's grass. Obviously, it'll probably get too much water. Well, no, um, Rob, if, you you're water, if you're watering correctly, it won't. So either one oh. of those would be a very good choice. And, and if you like the ash, oh. it's a good choice as well. Um, you know, yeah. with our lawns, your lawns on sprinklers, Rob? Yes. Okay. So on sprinklers, you're controlling, you're, you know, and it's not like flood irrigation where you're scheduled with a neighborhood. So you're really yeah. controlling the water. But if you look at how often that they're watering in flood irrigated neighborhoods, you know, so that's going to be typically about twice a month in the summer. 
And uh, mm-hmm. you can maintain a real health, healthy lawn. You're not going to get the water as deep, so you probably go twice that often. But in the heat of the summer, you shouldn't water most Bermuda grass lawns unless you're in gravel. And there, I don't know of any gravel in Tempe. There's no houses in the riverbed. So, well, I mean, certain cities around there's places that have real sandy, gravelly soil. But for the most part, anywhere in Tempe, and some of the soil is even heavier. You know, weekly watering is going to be more than enough. And once again, yeah. you're saving our water. And then when you you know you want that lawn to work and that tree to work, you know, crank it up in the summertime. So water a lot longer. Sure. You, when you water in the summer, run your sprinklers to have at least an inch of water. So you use like a coffee right. can or tuna fish can to capture it. And then shut the water off and test it with a probe or a meter or a screwdriver. And don't water again until it's dry. And if you'll do that, you'll preserve yeah. water. And all these trees will grow really well. And that certainly won't harm a pistachio if that's a tree you enjoy. Okay, well, I appreciate that. One, one last thing. Uh, I do miss the flood irrigation. I lived up in the area of Fort Street and Camelback for a number of years. And mm-hmm. Flood irrigation was great up there, let me tell you. One one last thing, please. Uh, cactus, golden barrels, agaves, a few of those things. About how much water in those through the winter? Maybe well, once a month enough? Yeah, once a month's more than plenty. Unless they're new, they don't, you know, they don't even that much. No. But uh, once no, again, last summer, you know, a lot of the agaves around town died. A lot of golden barrels died. So when it yeah, gets we, that we extreme temperature, stars, yeah. yeah, when the extreme temperatures come, you have to water. I appreciate that. No, we know that part. We did. We got through the 2020 and this summer both. We, my wife did a great job. So, all right. Well, listen, I appreciate I'll look forward to the reef. I do like your Gilbert store as well as Southern. And uh, thank you for what you do and the information you provide here. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you as well, Rob. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see next. we got Ben and Gilbert. Good morning, Ben. Hi, Brian. Merry Christmas to you. To you as well, Ben. Yeah, hey, Brian, I just had a question. I have a eucalyptus tree, and uh, I'm trying to keep it from getting too too large. Mm-hmm. So every year, every year I cut it, you know, I'm keeping it about 10 feet. Is that going to hurt the tree? I know eucalyptuses get huge. Well, it depends a lot on the variety of eucalyptus, Ben. There's probably at least 50 species of eucalyptus growing here in the valley, and they're certainly not all the same. You know, and some of the bigger ones, um, a, lot, a lot of the older trees, we have eucalyptus at our house that have, if we didn't prune them would be probably 100 feet tall or more right now. But, um, well, they just they have flood irrigation. They're on the west side. They give us a lot of shade. But to maintain our trees, you know, because eucalyptus can shed major limbs when they get big, you know, we prune them pretty much every other year. But, you you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to stunt the tree. Is it the most healthy thing for the tree? Probably not. But can you maintain that tree that way for 50 years? Absolutely. Right. It, it, it seems to be happy. You know, I've had it for five years. And, and I'm telling you, it just about doubles in size every year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm cutting off maybe, you know, eight feet sure. every year and just to, just to keep it down. And it, it seems to be doing good. It seems it seems healthy and happy. No, well, you know what, with pruning, if you like to prune like I do, and if you want to keep a eucalyptus, you know, to a dwarf version, the next time you can plant some different varieties. But, you know, you can keep them pruned. You can play with it. And you're, it's almost like you're growing so, it like a bonsai, Ben. So would it would it uh, and, and would it would it stop growing uh, uh, you know well, sooner or later? Well, if it stops growing, it's, it's going to die. It's, everything's going to stop growing. You and I are too. Sooner or later, there's always an end to you know all living. Uh, no, I mean, will, it, will, it, will it get will it get conditioned to to stay that size? Is what I mean. Well, it, it's definitely going to stun it, and it's going to keep it from growing as fast as if it weren't pruned. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to stop it from growing. Okay. 
All right. All right, All right Ben. Thanks for the Sounds call. Good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, it looks like uh, we have a little action going on here. Troy Barrett. Perry Barrett's in the studio. He's ready with the news. Uh, we're going to find out what's happened in the world. In the meantime, we do have a line open, and you can call Bashir at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Beautiful Sunday morning and a great song with Mr. Vince Gill singing it. Uh, we have two lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Dan in Phoenix, good morning. Sounds like Dan. Oh, there you are, Dan. Good morning. Hey, Dan. <laughs> good morning and, happy, and Merry Christmas. Hey, so I've got uh, three large, mature sycamore trees, and I got a bid to have a, a tree guy come out and inject the uh, the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. It's about $250 per tree. Okay. And I'm just wondering if uh, that's the best route to go, or is traditional fertilizer that I can buy and sprinkle around on the, around the tree just as effective? Well, it can be very effective. Maybe not just as effective, but uh, certainly going to be a lot less expensive. Do you have flood yeah. irrigation, Dan? We do. Okay. So if you can go through and around, you know, those sycamores are a fairly deeply rooted tree, and uh, but they have roots that go anywhere from the top six inches all the way down to probably eight feet. It depends on how deep your irrigation goes and what your soil type is. So if you can go through around before your next irrigation and just buy a good balanced fertilizer like a 16.84 citrus fertilizer, and if you can look for one that's local that's got some iron in it and sulfur at the same time, that would be really good. You could even put a heavy dose of gypsum around right on top of your lawn under the tree and, and go with like a 10, 10, 10 or 20, 20, 20 fertilizer. Now it's not good. There's no hurry to do it because the tree is not going to really take any fertilizer up right now. 
you know, they're going. And we're not going to get irrigation until February. And you don't need to fertilize it until February either, Dan. So and, there you go. Uh, and, and even if they put the injections into the tree this time of year, it's not going to do much because the sap's mostly flowing down. The leaves are coming off and the tree's going to go to this nice little period of a little dormancy and kind of have a little rest after the summer. It's probably going to appreciate it. But before at least right, out in the spring at your next irrigation in February, go around and fertilize it. Okay. And, uh, you know, keep in mind if it, what's the caliber of your tree? A couple feet? Oh, yeah. Three feet, probably. Three on feet. This one. Okay. So you're going to want to yeah. put on probably between about what, 20 pounds of fertilizer per tree. And right. uh, and that can go out under the drip system of the whole tree. So the tree's, you know, roots are going to go typically at least as wide as the canopy. So I'd come back in from the edge of the canopy about five or ten feet, make several holes. And if you get like a sharpshooter, you know, one of those uh, shovels that can cut deep, you can just cut down deep and push it over, throw a couple cups full in each hole, put several feeding points around the lawn. And as the uh, tree picks up and starts to grow and bud out this spring, it'll have a lot more fertilizer. And, you know, most of the big sycamores will recover. It's a terrible thing when it's 118 every day for a month, but they'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, they suffered a little bit this summer. Well, thank you very much, Brian, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your great staff. Appreciate well, you, it. You as well, Dan. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next we have, got to get the right order keep everybody happy, Cheryl in Sun City. Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. To you as well, Cheryl. I was on your website, but I couldn't find uh, poinsettia plants. Um, well, we, we need to work on our website. It's a little old and so am I. But we have absolutely <laughs> wonderful poinsettias at our nursery at Glendale Avenue. Okay. Do you have extra large ones? We do. And, and actually, yeah, we you know, extra large, they're probably uh, two and a half feet tall with a container and everything, two to two and a half, and probably about two feet wide. Okay. Also, do you have Miami... Um, Supreme Gardenias, we should. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I want to know. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, next, we've got Susan and Glendale. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning. It's pretty. The sun's going to be up here sooner yeah. or later. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I want to get out there and be with my fig tree. My question um, is... Is now a good time to use the manure to fertilize my um, fig tree? Sure, any time now. So you could put it on today or any time in the okay. next month. It's going to all do about the same thing. Okay, I have a couple more questions. I have some, I don't know if they're weeds or if they're some nice plants that are going from seedlings, but it almost looks like baby cilantro or baby carrot. They're Is carrots. that a type of weed? Well, you know, weeds only a plant grown in the wrong condition. So what they are. Right, they, I got a lot of that. <laughs> they're, they're wild carrots and uh, and they're common here in the valley and they fill in the lawns whenever the Bruna grass, you know, dies back. And if you if you wanted to spray them and kill them, you can. Um, in the little patches where they grow, they'll they'll stay there for years and dominate in the wintertime. They'll they'll you know die back in the summer, but they'll come back every winter. That should be in my flower bed. That was why I was wondering if I should probably just pull them by hand. Then I guess. Well, you, yeah, you could, or if you could, or you could spot spray them if yeah. you wanted to. But um, yeah, so they, they can. Be the thing too is, I have a lot of um, up. I'm sorry. I also have a lot of other weeds that are growing in the backyard, um, in my dirt, in my gravel, 
Um, I don't really want to spray them with harsh chemicals because I have chickens mm-hmm. and also dogs. Sure. Um, is there something naturally I can put on them when they're that small that can kill them? Well, you know, chickens are pretty good. <laughs> you know, chickens will eat a lot of weeds if you don't feed them too much. Oh, good. I think I'm going to put my chickens out back then. You know, that, what, <laughs> on the side of the yard, not in my backyard. Well, I used to have a friend that, you know, he used to keep uh, chickens, you know, basically. And, and that's just kind of funny. They were kosher chickens. He was raising uh, out on a big farm with alfalfa and things. And he had big pens that he would just move every day and let the chickens go through. And they'd eat all the bugs and they'd pull out all the weeds. And uh, he just moved them around this big farm. And it, it worked out very well. Well, I just bought a new chicken coop, so I think I'm going to go out and put that together today and move them around the backyard. Well, Thank you so fun. much for all your help. Hey, have a, have a nice holiday, Susan. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Next up we have, we got to get, you know, I got everybody kind of in this mysterious little rave or, or Tom and Mesa. Good morning. Good, good morning. Hey, listen, can you use uh, pre-emergent for wild carrots as well? You can, but you have to put it on, you know, before they germinate. So that's before September. Okay. Yeah, I, I did that, and I was going to do it again in January because mm-hmm. I've got a small area of infestation. Um, I got a question. It, my neighbor has a really cool tree that I've never seen before. And I asked her what it is, and she told me it was a Delonyx. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah, they're basically pretty common in uh, Florida. And we've sold them here historically. I'm not sure what I have in inventory right now. Uh, we were growing them in our growing grounds on 19th Avenue and Dobbins. But I believe we probably still have some more, but we'll definitely be bringing some more in. But because they are frost tender, I probably won't bring them in until March. Well, how do they do in our heat? If they're from Florida, how do they do in our heat? Well, the heat's our- not a problem. They're, you know, they're a tropical tree. And so the heat's, yeah. the heat's not a problem. What the problem is, is the freeze. And we haven't had a freeze, you know, really in about four or five years to amount to much. And there are some older trees around town, uh, especially ones I can think of like 35th Avenue and abound, uh, oh, Grant Street downtown. There's some big old ones that are really cool. And they're really pretty when they bloom, too. Yeah, they are. They look like a red jacaranda. <laughs> I, I've never seen one before, never heard of it before, so I was really surprised when she told me. Well, most of the ones that we've grown, Tom, we've grown and uh, we supplied them down into Yuma, where the people in Yuma, they're kind of more common there because they have less frost. Okay. okay. All right, so thank you very much. Have a Merry Christmas. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
jokes tonight. Have to cut into the horn. I was smiling at sure. That's a pretty good music. But hey, it's Christmas tree season. Guess what? Whitfields, we have beautiful, fresh Christmas trees. We're a little different, you know. We have trees that were cut last Wednesday, and we have all kinds of varieties and sizes from about three foot to as high as 15 or 16 feet. We have noble firs, Douglas firs, grand firs. We have uh, Fraser firs, Nordmans, and the, one of the most fun trees that we have are silver tips, and they come from the high Sierras, Northern California. If you're looking for that perfect Christmas tree, come out and see us. We have beautiful trees at our nursery at 824 East Glendale, the East Valley at Cooper and Guadalupe, 2647 East Southern Avenue, or in our token Christmas tree lot at 64th Street and Bell, right next to Hanson's. Um, we guarantee a beautiful, fresh tree, not one that's been sitting around, and we really, our goal is that every tree has to make epiphany, so, you know, they've got a few weeks left in them, and uh, we've had our trees at home until my wife makes me take the pet trees off the patio about the middle of February. But anyway, that's that's kind of my own deficiency. I love Christmas trees. And if you're looking for the perfect Christmas gift, we have great uh, trees and plants and shrubs of all kinds. Now, it's getting late because of Blue Steak to plant anything for you this week. You might have a little bit of a chance, but... Between Christmas and New Year's, we can, you know, basically install your Christmas gift. We have trees from 15 gallons to big 25-foot trawl, 72-inch box trees. And we also can give them a gift certificate that has all different kinds of uh, options for you. I mean, whether you want to, you know, take home a beautiful basket of flowers or a nice poinsettia for the holidays or a fresh wreath or garland, we have all those. And, uh, you know, they're fresh. They're not dried ones that have been somewhere else. They're treated to a special product called Vita. And we found the Vita because we went to a wreath manufacturer, grower, harvester, whatever you want to call them. Um, they were their, their greens just were so much better. And I said, what do you do? And they said, well, we dip them in this special product called Vita. And I said, well, where do you get this Vita? And I was up in Portland, Oregon. Oh, you just buy it there in Chandler, right where you're at. You, you don't even have to take, you know, so they deliver the Vita to us. And, and all these greens and all these wreaths that are made are all soaked in this Vita product, which really works. And you can buy Vita in bottles at the nursery for your own stuff. But, you know, it, it only works if you, you know, get it on before it's dry. If it's dried out and, and unhappy, it's going to be dried out and unhappy. But if you're looking for a beautiful wreath, poinsettia, or garland for the holidays, a little decoration, a little fragrance, uh, we've got it all available at all of our locations. Gift certificates, except for at the tree lot, and all kinds of wonderful flowering gifts, trees, roses, uh, all those fun things to make uh this coming year, the most beautiful year of our lives. We'll get right back to the phones with Miss Shira. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Oh, and I just need to tell you, too, that the, the Christmas tree hours are will open at the, at the nurseries, our regular time, 10 a.m., but will be open till 7, and uh, the lot will be open till 8. Uh, and they don't open till 9. They actually open a little earlier today. Back to the phones, Ruth and Mesa. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Brian. We have we live in a over fifty five community, so we're gone like six months out of the year. But we have a tree that sits in the southwest corner of our lot, and our house faces south, mm-hmm. so it provides really nice shade in mid to late day. But it's dying. Okay. It's been in the ground probably for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have a suggestion from you for what would you recommend to plant for a nice shade tree? Well, I'll tell you, for a location like that, in light of the fact that you're not here to make sure it's getting enough water this summer, you got a couple different options. Um, the cleanest thing you can plant is called a red push pistache. Uh, 
And the red push pistachios, um, they're basically going to, you know, have leaves and foliage from March all the way through January. What's nice is when uh-huh. they drop, they just drop everything all at once in January. They can turn red. They usually don't because it hasn't been cold enough. But uh, lower, you know, water use, very hardy, easy to grow. And once it gets warm enough to need some shade, you know, like I say in March, it'll fill out and be green and full. And then it can also... Uh, you know, basically stay green until it gets cold, usually the middle of January. couple okay. other options. That That's a fairly decent, fast-growing tree. But very a red clean. push, you Red say? push, uh-huh, P-U-S-H. Now, another oh, okay. tree that's one of my favorites, if you really want shade and you want something that can stay kind of evergreen for a desert tree in the wintertime, we have a tree called an American mesquite. And uh, it makes a large tree, and it's a mesquite, but it'll typically always stay evergreen here unless we have a very hard freeze, which we haven't seen in years. And uh, it can grow very fast. It's uh, a low-water user, but, you know, it makes a big canopy. And so if you're gone, it doesn't get water, it'll probably be fine. And uh, it'll make a big, if you like, a mesquite, kind of a desert-looking tree. It can do very well. Well, we we do have a drip system that we leave on Mm because that person that washes watches our house, you know, watches over that. So we do have water available during the time we're gone. Well, and that's, so that's very that important. Any difference. No, that always yeah. makes a difference. But, but so which either one of those is good. If you want something that's just kind of clean and evergreen, not as big, you could use like a fruitless olive. But the first two, the red push pistache or the American mesquite are going to make bigger canopy shade trees. And it sounds like you really enjoy the shade, you know, and that's probably well, the most critical <laughs> part of your whole lots in the Southwest. So, yeah, right. How, how tall do they grow? Well, it depends on how much you water them and how you care for them. But the mesquites uh-huh. can probably, well, they could both reach a height of 40 feet tall. And they could actually okay. grow either one of them to 40 feet wide. Now, that's going to depend on how you water them. But uh, they're uh-huh. both, you know, fairly good, you know, fairly fast-growing trees. The mesquite's going to grow a lot faster than the pistache. Okay. All right. All right. Very Thank, good. Thanks, Ruth. And then Merry I, Christmas. Thank to, you. To you as well. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, Annette in Phoenix. Good morning, Annette. How are you? Uh, Merry Christmas. And you as well. <laughs> Great. Great. Um, my tangelo tree is about 16 years old and has done beautifully, but this last summer uh, was really hard on it, and part of it is dead. When should I cut that dead part out? Um, whenever you want. You know, what we do, most of our major pruning we do on citrus, we try to do before the bloom cycle and after our crop cycle, though with tangelos and things, sometimes the crop's so late that they'll be in bloom before we finish harvesting. But I would say the ideal time to cut dead wood out and do repairs on a citrus would be, you know, on a bigger tree would, would be somewhere in January, February. Okay. And can I top them? Absolutely. You know, like when we grow citrus commercially and we have to get up there and harvest the fruit uh, and with tangelos and lemons more than most, um, we cut them back and the tops on the on the tangelos and lemons will cut back every other year, every year. So we'll take a tree okay, like, yeah. like a lemon tree that's or tangelo. Our tangelos are a good example. Last year before we pruned, they were probably 22 feet tall and we pruned oh, them back, yeah. and we pruned them back to 14. Oh, okay. 
So All we right. and we have a big machine that does that because we're pruning thousands of trees. But you know, if you'll get in there and get that pruning done. And if you want to just reduce the whole size of the tree, what I would do, because it's a tangelo, is probably, you know, really do it probably towards the end of February. That way you get the, op, you know, keep that nice fresh fruit on the tree and can eat it through. February, tangelos are the best fruit in the world, in my opinion. My humble opinion. Oh, yeah. And I just love tangelos. But at any rate, if you prune them about the end of February, and if you want to just prune the whole tree back and balance it, that'll be healthy for the tree and make it easier to maintain. And then what you'll want to do is just let it grow out for a few years and come back and do it. But if you want to reduce its size, and if you do that in February, you'll forego one year's crop, which you'll have a really nice tree that'll be easy to maintain. Okay, good. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Annette. Bye-bye. Uh, Trey and Gilbert. Good morning, Trey. Hey, Brian. So my question is similar to the lady just called. Um, I have a lemon tree. It's mature. It's got one trunk, obviously, and then it's got four main branches that come off of it. Mm-hmm. And slowly, each branch is dying off. It, the, the bark will crack. And then the, I got two branches that are... I got one I just cut recently off that was completely dead. And then I've got one that's another one's completely dead another one that's heading towards that part and then i got the last one that hasn't had any cracked bark on it but it's leaning towards the wall meaning the branches towards the wall and it's leaving a big bare spot if i cut these other branches Trey, off. How, how old is this tree uh we've been in the house for um 11 years so it's probably mature with the house it's been here for 30 years Okay, so that's, you know, that's kind of like when we'll start replacing groves between 30 and 40 years with lemons. You know, some trees like navel oranges, they're, they're well over 100 years old. But uh, what you can really do if you want to bring that tree all the way back is just wait until February, like we are just talking, and then just butcher the tree. Cut it, you know, harvest all the lemons, cut it back to its little trunk, you know, leave it like maybe 10 foot tall and 10 foot wide and thin everything, just take all the wood and everything off it, paint the trunk white. If you're cutting off big limbs, like three or four or five inches, go ahead and seal those with a black uh, tree heel and uh, and let it pop out in the spring. And you'll lose the crop for a year. You'll get some crop because lemons can bloom more than once, so it'll be blooming again still in April. You get a little, you know, a little bit of a crop on it. But the second year, you'll have a wonderful crop. And if it doesn't respond especially well, so after you do all this pruning, if it doesn't make a really nice, well-formed tree by May, then just take it out and put a new tree in. Okay. The nice, the nice part with lemons is compared to all the other citrus. You know, you can plant a, a 15 gallon or 24 inch box lemon. We do our transplants into our groves from 15 gallon size, and we're getting a decent crop in the third year. Right. Like a, a commercial crop. I mean, so quite a bit of fruit. Yeah. And going forward, Trey, what you want to make sure that happens with this tree is that the canopy, the foliage, is allowed to grow close down to the ground, up maybe two or three feet off the ground. Because um, when you prune citrus up high enough to walk under, the sun comes through and cooks the wood. And that's when we have a lot of problems, especially when we have the summer like we did back in this July. Right. Okay, I have uh, one other question. I haven't asked. It's outside the house that I planted from a seedling. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's probably on you know, I'm going to put you on hey, hold, yeah. Trey, real quick, because I'm going to take yeah, you off the air, it. because we're going to run into the news time here real quick with uh, Mr. Troy Barrett, and we'll be right back after the news. In the meantime, we have a couple lines open. You can give Sure a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here's Sundays from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTIR.